Yo, check, check this out. Caleb, I love you with all my heart, but you are yeah. not a talent. These guys put a pot-smoking Ottawa band on the litter, or test. Best podcast ever. How you doing, people? Episode 166 of We Should Jam Sometime. This is a different episode. It's just me. And this is why it's just me. We did an interview, a rather extensive talk with a band from uh, New Jersey and, te- or sorry, Tennessee and Texas, Scarlet Magnum. Uh, and there was a bit of a technical issue slash communication issue. Uh, we don't have the episode. We don't have the episode. <laughs> That's that. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, it was a cool conversation, though. You guys will never hear it, unfortunately. Um, but also, I do just want to say shout out to Jackson, the drummer of Scarlet Magnum. Uh, he's been a longtime fan and supporter of not only Lost Arts, but this podcast. It was incredible to meet him and Ozzy, too. I'm just singling out Jackson because he has been such a vocal uh, supporter of things that I do and just the overall scene of the music, just the music scene in general. I mean, fuck, man, he told a story about getting to play with uh, 68 and Dead Poet Society, which is fucking unreal. Uh, We'll figure that out, have him back on again, and he can retell those stories because it is very cool to hear. And it's also very cool to hear bands uh, like Dead Poet Society just being fucking dudes, man, just guys being dudes. Uh, So that was cool. And he's an incredible drummer. Uh, so thanks again, Jackson. It was very cool to meet you. Uh, and it's a bummer that we don't have that episode to share with everybody, but we'll get that sorted out. Uh, in the meantime, just kind of on a similar note to that, it it's so weird, man. Like uh, we talked, I think we potted for like an hour and a half. And then uh, Craig and I just spoke with Jackson for like maybe another hour. Uh, and it was so cool, man. And like he had, uh, we just kind of talked about life and like, you know, shit that we thought was funny. Uh, he had questions about the pod and, and like music scene and stuff. And it was so cool, man. Like, it's so weird. I think there's more people in America that are like genuine fans of this thing. It, it's so like surreal because we have a lot of friends up here and friends come and support shows. And that's cool. And it's not to say that uh, I don't value their support any less but it is like a different thing when just somebody from texas is like hey man i really like your band or hey man i listen to the podcast every week um i got another buddy that i uh, have referenced a few times on uh this podcast he likes to keep everything uh anonymous but we talk all the time on uh on instagram either about the band or about the pod he actually might be sending some goodies up here uh for a little segment of the show i'm very excited uh for that and he's a guy man he he's in chicago but he's traveling around fucking america to see these bands man he just saw uh broken love and dead poet society i think like three or four different shows fucking crazy man uh and people like that are nuts it feels so weird that somebody gives a shit about uh this little thing i started in college so yeah i just wanted to kind of express my gratitude for that because it's super fucking weird man but it's super cool but i'm not just going to talk about that i actually have things planned for this episode uh a couple different things we just kind of found out yesterday that uh, we weren't going to have an episode and there was a few things i could have just not put one out but i kind of no showed a few weeks ago and i didn't want to do that i i could have 
put together like a best of, but I didn't really want to do that right now. I wanted, I might do that near the end of the year when we're like off for a couple weeks over Christmas. So I was like, what do I do, man? I don't know what to do. Uh, so I said, fuck it. I'm just going to try to do a solo podcast. I did it once before. I don't think it was that successful. So I don't know, you know, but we're going to be here for a little bit. I got some music to show you. Uh, my buddy, Willem James Cowan, we played every new single he's put out over this year and he's got yet another one. It's called Only Dreaming Now. I'm going to play that for you later. Willem is going to be on the show in a few weeks. We're talking dates uh, yesterday. I think he's got something to announce soon. I don't know what that is. Tune into Willem James Cowan's channels of whatnot. He really is, man, one of the best songwriters I've ever met. I had the pleasure of going uh, to college with Willem. He is fantastic, man. Uh, that whole group of guys is, are just these like unreal musicians. Uh, Willem is a great dude. He's a great songwriter, and I'm excited to have him back on the show again shortly. Also, just a couple more things before we get into the episode. I got a couple shows to tell you about. If you're listening to this either today when it's coming out on Wednesday, October 26th, or maybe the morning of October 27th, Craig's band, Pro Wrestling The Band, are playing at Rum Runners tonight. He's very excited. There's tickets at the door. You can buy tickets online. If you're downtown, you can go to Grooves Records and buy tickets. They're opening for Tommy Stinson, who was formerly a replacement of the legendary punk band, The Replacements. He's very excited for this show, and you should be too. Pro Wrestling Band, Unreal Band, it's kind of like a super group of sorts of like local legends in London. So you should check that out for sure if you're around. Also, on Friday, October 28th, our buddies in Dime are playing at Rum Runners. Uh, also, Junko Daydream, our buddies in Junko Daydream are also on that show. So you should go check that out. Again, I'll put tickets in the show notes. Uh, but you can buy at the door. You can buy them online, whatever. And then also November 11th, we are playing. Lost Arts is playing at Palisade Social Bowl. I was just there last night to see my very good friend Anella and the early hours play. Uh, they got the stage switched up a little bit in there, but man, does it look good. And man, does it sound good. Sounds good in there, dude. It's crazy, dude. I got a few things planned for this episode to talk about. But first and foremost, man, I'm officially free, dude. I'm out of the shackles. You hear the shackles pouring off of me, dude? No more lawn care, dude. And I mean it this time. I fucking mean it this time. I'm not going back. Fuck day jobs, dude. Now, obviously, if I run out of money, I'm going to need to get a day job. But I, I uh, last year, man, when I was done, I didn't have a lot of time between... Um, lawn care and going to sales and i'm going to keep this brief by the way i understand that it's boring leading up to an overall point but i had a pretty good thing going man i i was busy every day i made sure that every single day i was off i was busy i was fucking working i was productive i was making this thing work doing podcasts and audio books and whatnot and i got a pretty good momentum going and i went back to sales for three days a week and it killed everything because that job i do like the people there some of the management there uh but it's fucking when you're doing something you hate it just sucks the life out of you dude and even though i was only doing three days a week uh it's fucking sucks the life out of you i don't like sales and uh, that's it and i don't like long care and that's it so i'm not going back i'm gonna figure something out i thankfully this year the audio thing tone capture media did okay i don't actually have to go back to sales there's a safety net there for april I got a job if I want it. I don't want it. So I'm going to do everything in my goddamn power to not go back. And I know what you're like, Kelly, you just get another fucking job. I understand that. 
Lawn care pays okay. And I mean, I've been there long enough that I do kind of have a lot of freedoms there that maybe new jobs don't have. But again, that's all trap to get stuck in. So I'm just not fucking doing it, dude. I got audiobooks lined up, dude. I just got an offer to do another narration on this book. Uh, I'm very excited for that. I just finished up uh, an audiobook that I got on my own. Very cool. Uh, I'm just going to keep pushing it, man. Get my own podcast clients. I do a lot of freelancing, so I'm I'm, I'm like uh, there's a middleman between me and the clients. And uh, that's cool, man. And the money's all right, but the money's a lot fucking better if there's not a middleman. Uh, so that's that's the goals right now. Uh, I really just want to make a push with tone capture and building my skills. Uh, and I have an idea. And I don't really think that I should talk about it right now uh but i'm just gonna throw it out there i'm not gonna go into any detail when i worked i worked for canada land like specifically for like a week i do like i tune in i do shortcuts like once a month or so for them when they need it but i was asked to fill in two i guess it was two weeks but it was one like solid week saying all that to tell you this that it was my first time kind of working with audio journalism. You know, Shortcuts, if you haven't listened to Shortcuts, it's like their weekly show. It's like a current events show. It's like talking heads. It's your standard podcast. They got some topics they talk about. There's a structure to it, but uh, there's not a lot of like cutting around and scripting and stuff. It's just um, two people talking shit about the news. That's literally what the show is. They talk shit about the news. Um, It's very cool, but it's pretty standard. Their Monday show is they have stories. They work on them for months. They edit it together. It's like a whole thing. And uh, I actually got to, I started on an episode about the Sasquatch. That was very interesting. I did a lot of work. There was some stuff that uh, they didn't have yet that they needed done. So I did some of the work on it. uh, But it turns out I went and uh, they kind of swapped some stuff around. Again, I'm saying all this to say. I never thought before then, would you want to do audio journalism? I don't know, man. I don't think so. I like listening to it. I don't know if I'd want to be a part of it. But when I did that episode or when I started helping on that episode, I was like, fuck, this is kind of cool, man. I like that. I do like that. And that got me to thinking, what could a tone capture media do? What could maybe We Should Jam sometime do? It's probably not going to be a We Should Jam sometime thing. But I started thinking, what's a good first step? And I started thinking about the live music industry in London and how we're a place with a lot of venues. You know, London's a weird, weird place, man. There's a lot of venues to play here. But there was really only like two or three that you'd want to play at. Dude, shout out to Palestine, man. They, they won the pandemic, I think. That's a crazy thing to say. That's a crazy thing to say. But what I mean by that is they were putting on shows in the pandemic where they would have people come in. They would film their set. And they'd fucking put it out. They'd live stream their set, whatever. Uh, and now it's a place like people want to fucking play. It's a goddamn arcade. It's a bowling alley, man. It, and it's a cool place to play. It really is. And shout out to Marty, man, because you've done a great fucking job with that place uh, over the last few years. But another place that people would want to play is called The Office. Legendary venue, man. It was one of those places that when I first came to London, it was like, you got to go see a show at Call the Office. And you learn about the history of this place that was this whole hotel room and it turned into this, this venue where just, you know, like, you know, bands would come play, whatever. And then it turned into this punk rock venue. And it just became legendary. And, and for, for all of its flaws, you know, it almost sounds like, uh, 
it sounds kind of bullshit, man. When you like when you read old like punk rock books or you listen to these guys and they're just like, dude, what was cool about it was that it sucked, <laughs> you know. But but it's true, man. You'd walk into call the office and the floors were fucking sticky and it was too hot in the in the summer and it was too cold in the winter and and the bathroom, dude, the fucking stall doors didn't really close properly and there was fucking piss everywhere and, and and band stickers everywhere but you'd be like dude did you know fucking queens of the stone age played here in the 90s dude did you know that fucking Radiohead played here the list went on and on and you'd walk around the place and there was fucking pinball machines and there was fucking set lists from from bands from the fucking 80s and the 90s and everything. it was this cool place and for everything that was off about it for all the window cracks and the and the freezing fucking cold air, or the humidity, it was badass, dude. And it was cool that we got to play there so much. Uh, I don't know how many times Lost Stars played there, but I think it was like five. It was at least five times. Uh, and actually, like weirdly enough, we weren't really the last show to play there. We were the last show to play there before the pandemic. And I did a little research, and I'm going to kind of take it. I'm going to take that Lost Arts played the last proper show at Call the Office. They put on a few shows of Tributes Act, Tribute Acts, and uh, fucking Spenny from Kenny versus Spenny played a show there, but they were like 50 seats, limited, sit down. That's not Call the Office, dude. So that's weird. Now, listen, I'm sure you got by that. I didn't say Call the Office is closed down. Hopefully, not forever. As cool as it kind of is to say, like, we played the last show there. We shot our music video there during the pandemic for Waitlist. There's a bunch of clips from Call the Office uh, in there. That's it. it. It had to close down, man. And and I know, man, and I felt bad because the people that had owned it uh, in the last year or two of its lifespan, um, they were really trying to do a lot of work, man. I know there's a lot of hurdles to jump through, but they were really putting in the effort to make it a better place. Uh and it was, man. It really, really was. I remember Riley White one time was in there near the end, and he goes, man, the floors in here are fucking clean. <laughs> and it's just one of those things where you're just like, dude, it's fucking my feet aren't sticking to the floor, you know? Super, super cool spot. And I'm I'm uh, telling you all this to say, when you look up Call the Office, all the last articles that are written about it are just fucking so lame. Dude, it's the same article by whatever press, you know, press channels. Just legendary venue, shut down. They'd interview the owner. He'd say how nobody wanted to come see live music anymore, and that's it. And I was thinking about it, and I was like, man, I'm I'm not from London. Only I've been here for about five or six years. I've been to a lot of shows I called the office. And maybe I wasn't there in its heyday, but I, there's a lot more fucking history of this place than... Is being, it was just like this legendary place that just like faded away, you know? And I thought, uh, I was thinking about it and I was like, that sucks, man. And I've been toying with the idea of maybe putting something together to like really celebrate that venue and like everything that it offered, everything that it gave to people. Uh, people fucking really care about that venue, man. And... I think it's just kind of bullshit that it just <laughs> fades away like that. So I was thinking about putting something together. I don't know if it'd be a series. I don't know if I want to even go in that deep on something that's like my first time. I was thinking about maybe putting together like an hour, hour and a half kind of episode 
I just want to detail like what that place really was. Like, I don't want to do it to just tell the story. Like, I want people to be able to listen and like feel the story of like what the fuck was called the office. So people that were there know, like feel it. People that were there like, yeah, dude, that was fucking it. That was called the office in like a, in an auditory sense. And people that had never been or, or, you know, could be like, damn, dude, like that place sounded punk rock as shit you know so i don't know i need to I, these are just ideas that were floating around my head over the past few months and i need to sit down now that i'm off and like really think about how the fuck do i do that where do i start but i don't know man i think it's gonna be a cool project and uh if i get to doing it you know there's some people i think i need to reach out uh to i talked to craig about it a little bit he liked the idea so i mean that's all you need dude that's all you fucking need Dude, also shout out to Craig, by the way. I don't think he's going to listen to this, but like, you know, I did this pod. I did like 30, 40 episodes of this podcast and uh, I liked doing it, but it was like a totally different thing. It was a totally different thing. And I'm really not an interviewer. And Craig has made this thing fucking fun, dude. Fun. And uh, it's cool to have like somebody that can be just like, it's cool because he just kind of comes over and he's like, what are we doing today? <laughs> like, but I like that, man. It's cool because it doesn't matter. You, I can give Craig anything and he's going to make it work. Uh, but it's it's fun to, to show with him. So just shout out to, shout out to Craig. Um, but that's the thing, dude. And also, I've been not going to the gym for the past few weeks. And let's be honest, for probably the past couple months, I've been like tiptoeing in one, one or two days a week. Um, but I'm looking up on my calendar right now. And uh, I started doing a thing where I would like track how good my days were. And then I was also tracking how often I was, if I was working out, I'd make like a little mark on the calendar that I worked out that day. And October's not good. It's the worst month of the year for sure. Um, but I made a commitment. I made a commitment that in November, and I'm going to start, uh, but I'm going to start going back tomorrow. But in November, I'm going to commit to four days a week, six classes. So two of those days, I got to double up on the classes. Dude, I, cause I've been talking about losing fucking like 30 pounds for four or five years now. It's crazy. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Um, but I think if I can just commit to that, it's a short-term goal. It's one month. I'm off. I can do it. Uh, it's not that much, dude. You know, it's one hour a day. It's two hours a day on those days. I got to do two classes. Uh, it's not that much. And it's it, and the one thing that blows my mind about like exercising, and going to the gym is that it's like you can't compete with the feeling of like just genuinely how good you feel after working out. Even if there's a day where you feel shitty and slow and sloppy, if you go to the gym, you will feel better. You just will. And the fact that I'm looking up at my calendar and I've gone once in October is just like, yeah, I deserve to feel fucking shitty and sloppy and slow because that's what I did to myself. Anyway, some things I wanted to talk about, all live music related. Last week, I said live performance is drugs. And I've been saying that since since the show. I've been saying that. And... It's so crazy because like Lost Arts over the last few years have been playing like so little that honestly like every show that we've got to play has been like awesome. Uh, but then I've always loved playing live, but it's it's one of those things where like when you're doing it all the time, you know, sometimes you catch a bad show or whatever and you know, it is what it is. But 
it's been like the last well three shows we've played it's been like the first time every time but then the beauty of that is like you it's the first time but you know everything's gonna be cool you know because like i don't get nervous to play shows anymore um I just, we're, I know that it's going to be fucking good. I mean, I don't know. I know that the three guys behind me are going to fucking kill it and are going to be locked in. Uh, I know that my movements and my cues are going to be locked in with those guys. And it's just so much fucking fun. And it's great because we played that festival last year and it was like, oh, fuck, we haven't played in a long time. Nailed it. It was awesome. Then we play Palisade and it's like nailed it. That was awesome. You know, four months later or whatever. And then almost a year later, th almost three years since we've been to Rum Runners, we played that gig, nailed it. It was fucking awesome. And I know when we play Palisade on November 11th, we're going to nail it and it's going to be fucking awesome. And, and just in this constant state right now of like, I don't know if we're doing the band anymore. It's hard with just two guys. When one guy just sings and one guy plays the drums, it's hard, you know, and you got to fucking hire people to come in and play with you. And it's tough, you know, because then it's like you're not making a lot of money and then you got to pay guys to come in, which, by the way, all good. John deserves more money than we pay him. So all good. I'm just saying it's a bummer. <laughs> It'd be nice to just have a fucking full band. And so you're stuck in this thing of like, I don't know, man, maybe I don't do it anymore. Like, I don't know. You know, maybe I just music's just for me. I, I don't know. But then you play a show and it's just, it's so hard to convey, man, because I really think that like a lot of people just have never had that fucking feeling before. And I understand that it's like, if you don't want to perform live, like that's not the feeling that you're going to get. But like, I don't know if there's other stuff even related to that, because I even think like having kids and stuff is like a different feeling, like the energy and adrenaline from playing to a crowd. And I got to tell you, man. We played Rum Runners to, I don't know if it's, I'm probably not sold out, but like pretty damn fucking full, like 400 people full. And we played Rum Runners to like 20, 30 people, you know, and in between. And it feels great every time, dude. Like it's the same feeling, you know, because if you finish and people are just like, dude, that was fucking awesome. There's no feeling. There's no feeling like that. There's no feeling like being on stage and everything is flowing and everything is fucking awesome. And you're watching a crowd of people that are like connected and and interested in what the fuck is going on. And uh, it feels fucking cool, man. And so it, it really is tough to be like, I don't know, man, maybe we don't do it anymore. But then you're remembering like, fuck, dude, there's like the, it's like the, you're chasing the dragon, man. It's crazy. And I don't really have an end to that statement other than um, I guess we're just going to maybe keep riding it out. We have three more songs. I think I've been saying that. Drake and I wrote three songs last year. Actually, I think we wrote more than that, but we picked three to record. And they're good, man. And I still have to finish the vocal or I have to do the vocals. And there's some other things to add. But they're good songs. And it's tough. It's weird because it's just like... Life keeps fucking moving and being in a band is just, you have to be so committed to doing it. And it just, it feels weird because I think like 16 year old me would be, I mean, one, so like proud of everything that I've done so far, but also like annoyed that I was considering not doing it anymore. 
you know and i dude i have not done it to the level at which i would like to do it so there's that part too of just like i'm not ready to hang it up yet there's a few more things i'd like to accomplish um but also like if it was all over and somebody was like hey man that show last week was your last show i mean i can't really like I, I, okay you know that would suck it would be fucking awful but i don't know man like it I did a, I did a lot of things. We had to play a lot of shows. We I was I recorded music in studios and did a, a small tour with my buds. Like I don't know, dude. Like we we did cool stuff, and uh, there's a lot more cooler things to do. But I don't know. It's been fun so far. Um, and then I bring all that up to continue talking about live music. To I'm going to pump the tires of my good friend Anella and her band Anella and the Early Hours. Saw them play at Palisade last night for the first time in a long time, and it was amazing. And I think my connection to Anella's music is like a little bit different than other people's is. A, they they are just a great indie rock band. And if you've never checked out Anella and the Early Hours stuff, please go do. Uh, everything's good, man. You can start at their first album yesteryear, work your way up to the the double singles they've been releasing over the last year. It's all amazing. But a couple things. One. Dylan, their drummer, is fucking amazing. And Carl last night came to me and he said, you know, I was, I was telling Dylan, Anella, like, live specifically, but, like, they, they put out this, like, early Arctic Monkeys energy. And a lot of it is Dylan's drumming. And I've said this on the pod before. I love Dylan to death, man. He's a fucking weird dude. Because he is genuinely one of the best drummers I've personally ever seen. And the guy could give a fuck about drumming. The guy wants to be a chef. He doesn't want to be in a band. But he shows up every fucking day and, dude, murders it. He's so fucking good on the drums. It's insane. And honestly, listen to this. Listen to their music. You'll hear it in the recordings. But I'm telling you, dude, if you ever get to see it live, it's like another thing. Dylan's live fills are fucking unreal. And his fills on the records are great. Dylan is such a good fucking drummer and he really brings that energy, the energy. And it's something that like that kind of sound needs, you know, uh, it is a very interesting band. There's a lot of different kind of moving parts, you know, for the four of them, you know, uh, because it's kind of this like soft indie rock, but the drums fucking blaze, dude. And the drums blaze, dude. They're so good. I'm going to throw in a couple examples. Um, but like the the just the beat and like over and under there's some cool parts and all alone uh, I could just go on man like just listen to listen to all of their shit it's so good but another thing about Anella's music is the nostalgia that it brings up for me and I was thinking about this last night because she still plays some of those old songs like um, All Alone or my personal favorite, Will You Stay the Night. I fucking love that song. And that song specifically for a few reasons. 
I found I have a Snapchat uh, video saved back when you could only take, uh, I think, 10 seconds of Snapchat videos. Still wasn't updated yet. First year of MIA, I think like second month, probably honestly, well, it was. It was around this time, like early October. Anella, we were at a party. Anella was like, do you want to go check out like the the ADC, which was like our artist development center, uh, where a lot of our lectures took place. And the floor was like was like a performance area there was like fucking drum sets and amps and everything so we went back and dylan and uh this guy andrew who was the original bass player for uh anella who didn't even go to mia he was like a western student him and dylan were just in there jamming and anella had an acoustic guitar and she just started fucking playing i think she was playing will you stay the night but i have this video of like this first jam and it was like a magical moment it was like really cool and I went to every like Anella acoustic show that she would play and she would play Will You Stay the Night and all these like a lot of these songs off of the first album. Uh, and it was just this moment in life where like this change was coming, right? This There was this change in me where I moved from my hometown where though I hung with the cool kids, I never really felt part of anything. And I was coming into this place where I felt alone and isolated and Anella pulled me out of that man and I owe everything to her she pulled me out of just being like awkward and not talking to anybody she forced me into social situations that was amazing for me man and uh so hearing these songs is just kind of like a reminder of that time and I was thinking about it because I'm like there's this weird like innocence in this music that Really, at the time, it's like you're not like I'm an adult. I'm 19 or I'm 20, 21 at the time. I have school debts and, and bills and a car and shit. like I have responsibilities, right? But there's something about it when I think back to those two or three years, really two years of MIA that was just fucking special, man. And you're meeting these new people and you're around these people that are like learning things not about them not only about themselves but about like the music that they're creating you know and there would be these like you know meme songs you know like explain me away is one or uh it was all alone for anella or dime at the time was called kid royal kid royal was a band that cam joined uh, and then it morphed into then Cam being the front man. And then as members kept leaving, Kid Royal was just all new members. So they rebranded to Dime. But there's a song, and maybe I'll put a little piece of it here, if not the whole thing, called Too Much Too Soon by Kid Royal. Drunk on night 
there's a music video for it. You can see your boy in the music video. You'll see Anella. Uh, we shot it at a house venue called the Sad Taquito, which was this legendary house venue when we came to London that is no longer around anymore. Um, and it was just this like so it to the point where like dime like didn't want to play it anymore but we were like because it wasn't their song but we were like dude the song fucks so hard uh but it just became this thing it was like a meme song and everybody like the first good song everybody wrote in mia it was fucking uh it was like people would just sing it all the time it was just this really cool cool community also, backtracking to a for a second, actually, if you watch that Too Much Too Soon video, that is Caleb about two hours away from meeting Juan Julia for the first time. After that party, after the shoot, we'd been drinking, but there wasn't really like a party happening. So we just left and we're walking around uh, London house party spots around Fanshawe uh, and ran into Brooklyn and Juan Julia. And that's where I met for the first time. Uh, outside of Gino's Pizza, outside the Gino's Pizza on Oxford and fucking whatever that street is across from Fanshawe. There you go. A little piece of history for you. And uh, so, yeah, I'm saying all that to just say like the culture at MIA was like really cool and people will kind of get shit because, you know, it, it's one of these things where like if you're not a part of it, then it's just like, well, fuck those people for, you know, everybody's on their high horse about MIA or whatever, which I get. I totally understand. But uh I fuck when people. Some people would talk shit about be MIA afterwards. That maybe didn't think they got out of, out of it what they should. You know, I, I think a lot of people have trouble with like being marked on art in a way too. Which sure, but I think separate from all that, man. Like, I don't know, dude. The people that you get to meet there, I just like that for me was enough. But I just wanted to. I wanted to express that because it was. It really was unbelievable especially last night, you know, singing along with those songs. And when uh, I don't think that she plays Will You Stay the Night a lot. So when she did, I was just like, fuck, man. Like, there was just like a purity in those in those times, you know. And like an excitement, dude. Like that excitement when you like you make a new friend and you're just like, dude, this guy's the fucking best. It, uh, it really just brought that back and made me feel good. And I thought it was a great way to kind of start this new chapter in my life to kind of just like almost be like a, 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 a uh, an ode a nod to the past, uh, the start of that new me uh, five, six years ago, and hopefully be able to move on through to the future. I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. I'm sorry. Anyway, it's weird doing a solo podcast and trying to stay on track. I have so many notes. Listen to this shit. Let's do some music, though. Let's get out of here. Let's do some music. Listen to this shit. Is brought to you by Willem James Cowan. Only Dreaming Now. Only Dreaming Now. New song by Willem James Cowan. It's another banger because that's all the guy fucking knows how to do is just write good fucking songs. If you haven't listened, if you're only listening to Willem on this podcast, you're doing it wrong. Take a minute. Again, go back and listen to his first EP because every song on that is great. And just move your way on up to what he's doing now because it's all good i'm excited to have willem back on the show uh shortly in the next few weeks anyway here's willem james cowan only dreaming now if i could soar above the swaying grass and perch upon these walls the echo in this hollow room would drift into the halls 
take it for a world but i'm only dreaming now fuck yeah dude i got a few more um recommendations dude my buddy ethan mack we play some of his stuff he just put out a new song called rolling so go check that shit out uh also cleopatra gotta say it the new doom ep i was talking to my brother and uh drew about this they weren't sure they weren't sure about it uh my brother actually had more positive things to say about it um than big text did. Big text didn't really have anything bad to say, but he just said it wasn't really for him at the moment, which is you know fair enough. It is a bit of a different sound, man. Scaring me though is so good. I like the idea of them doing some acoustic stuff. I think that it's cool. And hey, like I also think it's important that you are changing the sound up, and especially for abandoning Cleopatra's state right now. It's a very interesting choice because I think that like if you go back to their first EP, there is like a genuine progression. You know, there's the first EP. It's cool songs. It's, you know, pretty bare bones, but it's good. The Boys is an obvious, it's an obvious step up. It's probably several steps up. And then I think that realistically, the album is a really great rounding off of that. You know, one time Josh Hame said, Queens of Stone Age was only supposed to be a three-album project. He had this idea that he was going to kind of uh, start like different projects and do three albums for them. So you introduce the sound, you build on that sound, and you round it off. And I think if you listen to the first three Queens of the Stone Age albums, that's really true to what he did. Uh, And I mean, even still, man, you keep moving on through Queens records. I mean, everyone is different. But I thought that that was an interesting idea. And I've said it with Royal Blood, too. Royal Blood, really, I think the odds were in their favor to fuck it up. And I don't think that they fucked it up yet, man. I think that the first album is so good. It introduces that sound. The second album, the songwriting is so much better. And then the third album was where it was like, what are you guys going to do now? And they fucking changed it up. And so I think whether or not you like this Clio EP, they're in a place right now where like, why wouldn't you keep putting out songs like the record, you know? And they kind of do like Zuck and, and OK are very similar uh, to the things that you expect, which I think is really cool because the EP starts off like, OK, this is what I would expect to hear, I think. And then it like totally shifts. Uh, and I think that that's cool, man, because I think for me, it's intriguing to like, cool, what's coming now? You know, and it's a full shift, man. The artwork is not, you know, old photos of them uh, as kids or uh, I guess even, you know, just photos of them now with black bars over their eyes. It's a total shift. And I think that that is important. And I think that even if you're not into it and this kind of goes for any band, I think that it's good to be like, cool, they're trying something else. Let's see where this goes, you know, and it could go to a place that you don't like. That's totally reasonable, too. That happens for sure. Um, and then kind of keeping on that same thing, finally, for listening to this shit, the Arctic Monkeys. They just put out a new record called The Car, and it's cool, man. I've been an Arctic Monkeys fan for a while. I got into them in high school, I guess, for a couple of reasons. One, Dave Grohl said in passing in an interview that Matt Helders was one of the best rock drummers that he had heard at the time, and that was enough for me to listen to the Arctic Monkeys. And then, of course, you find out Josh Hame uh, are friends with it's friends with Alex Turner, and he produced a record for them. It's just like, dude, enough said, enough said, and it's good, man. I love every Arctic Monkeys record. Uh, admittedly, didn't give enough time to uh, tran- tranquility 
bass hotel and casino um but this album i've been listening to it quite a bit and i really like it and arctic monkeys are another band that really do like evolve that sound you know every record is a little bit different a little bit different i still think their best record is am you know which is their most like commercially successful album but i think you know you know, I would normally be adverse to say that the commercially successful one is the best one, but it really is. Everything about that record is perfect. I really think that it might be a perfect record. Uh, but the new one is great. I really like the song Sculptures of Anything Goes, uh, but I need to listen to it more. I've been in a situation where I keep putting it on. So I've listened to the first like four or five songs a lot. And then I like something comes up, I got turned off. And then I'm like, oh, I got to listen to that again. And I turn it on from the beginning. So. I need to get over that and just listen to the whole thing again. Um, but anyway, yeah, listen to that. All my secrets somehow spread. Mm. Now all the worst things I did are in the air instead of my hands. I swear you always know who I am. Some my the things I say. Beneath my breath, you're not there. I swear. Five minutes about uh i don't hopefully you like this hopefully i didn't ramble too much hopefully i cut out any of the bullshit uh but maybe if you guys like the solo cast let me know if you liked it and if you didn't like it don't say anything <laughs> but i've been thinking of like i don't know i want to make more shit i want to make more content um so if you like this maybe i'll come up with something else and, and do like a check-in or something um I wanted to kind of keep the structure a little similar to We Should Jam sometime. Uh, I was going to just bring up some things that I found, um, like how fucking When We Were Young Fest was a disaster the first day. I did think about like getting Taylor uh, Simpson on the horn and ask him about it because he flew all the way out there and it got canceled. <laughs> so I did want to maybe get his uh, thoughts on the whole thing. Uh, but anyway, let me know what you think. If there's maybe some ideas that you uh, want to hear me talk about, then cool. If not, whatever. Next week, hopefully this one doesn't fuck up. We have another guy, another band, Empty Trail, from Texas. We're talking to him on Saturday, so that should be next week's episode. Hopefully all goes well with that one, and we won't have to do this kind of thing again. But anyway, if you made it through this, thank you so much. Uh, again, dude, we really, really appreciate the support on behalf of myself, Juan Julia, and Craig. It's been cool, man. It's been really cool. And uh, let's keep growing the show. Share it around. Share your favorite episode with some of your friends. Uh, tell people about it. Uh, let's keep growing this thing, man, because 
as much as we want the show to be successful, uh, I want to keep promoting music and, and smaller known bands. Uh, so let's keep growing the show. If we grow the show, then the bands grow and everything is fucking hunky dory. Okay. That's Phineas the Fern. He's a good boy. Peace. Tone capture.